today's tip of the week is to remember to encourage others. What give the gift of grace. It is one of the best things that you can give your customers, your people, your stakeholders, your, your employees. Grace allows for being human and learning in this journey of work and life. A little mini case study that I want to share is Lindsay Ray McIntyre. She's the chief diversity officer at Microsoft revealed that embracing a growth mindset helped the company find new ways to approach its diversity and inclusion work by giving each other grace to practice and fail fast. Employees are better able to learn and improve. And as a result, They've been able to elevate periodic allyship to regular and frequent habits globally. So recognizing Lindsay for being a trendsetter. And we're going to welcome to our show, Amanda. So I'm so excited that you're here. Amanda Allen with Florida High Tech Corridor and also STEM Connect. Amanda, I'm really glad to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Oh, and look at you wearing those black and gold colors from UCF. Go Knights. Go Knights. And for this, you know, for our listeners that do not have video, you can always go and subscribe to us on our YouTube channel, but I will describe. She is in this vibrant yellow color, and it is really striking against the black background, and those are the colors of University of Central Florida's Knights. Are you a big football fan there? Do you go to the games? I have been to a lot of the games. I mm. am a big fan and I do follow the seasons actually. Mm. A few sports teams I do follow. <laughs> nice. Are, are there any other sports that you're super involved with over there at UCF? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but. No, I followed their basketball for off and on, but other than that, not much. Mm. Very nice. All right. Five words that you would use to describe yourself. And just keep in mind, I'm going to ask you why those five words. So you have a choice. You can say a word and tell us why, or you can rattle all five of them off and then go back and do a recap on it. Okay. So I would say passionate, driven, smart, nice, and humorous. Um, I think I'm hilarious. <laughs> Um, and I think I'm pretty smart. I catch on to things pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. I try to be as nice as possible. And, you know, I think I lead with passion and a lot of drive in everything I attempt to do. Mm. I would agree with that. I've known you for quite a while now. Has it been like what, four years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. So I started doing some things with STEM Connect. I know that people will not necessarily know what that is, but why those five words to describe you? Because funny, I, I would never use the word funny to describe myself because people don't think I'm funny at all. So, so explain. Well, yeah. I really wanted to say good sense of humor, but that's more than a word. Ah, so that's okay. Like a good fit, but really yeah. I just am, an, I enjoy laughing. Mm, <laughs> so that's I make good. myself laugh. So I'm funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That totally works. So going back to your other four words. So those ones, I feel like speak more to me as a person and the way I try to just lead my life and live mm -hmm. and try to go about my days is I'm very passionate. I think I try to, I work in something that I care deeply about. I um, am very driven once I put my, you know, have a goal, I'm organized and I get there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the goal. Mm -hmm. You started, well, you graduated from UCF. What was your major? What does your degree hold for you here? Yeah, and so, you're back in school too, so. Yeah, I'm currently in a communications master's program, um, but I graduated um, in visual arts and emerging media management as part of their digital media program at UCF. And I also minored in digital media and political science. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a lot of degrees. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was like a major and two minors. So that's a lot, a lot easier than it. How long does it take to do those that many? Because it doesn't sound like that's a four-year thing. That sounds like five, maybe. No, it took me five years. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I hung out a minute. <laughs> Were you a teacher? Is that why you liked so many different fields of study? So my, both of my parents are teachers and mm. the whole family. I, I come from a long line of educators. Um, my great grandmother, for example, was a, an educator. So education is very important. Um, I started in school as an engineering major and decided mm. I did not want to be an engineer because I did not like math even a little bit. Um, so that's when I switched to the digital media. And then I just always loved politics. So naturally, naturally, after accumulating so many hours in that, I just decided to stick it out and mm. get the minor. That is, that is really, really interesting. So 
what's cool is that you went into STEM because you initially started as an engineer. I know we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit because we haven't even defined what STEM is for some of our listeners. They may not know. We'll, we'll pretend that they may not know. But in the meantime, I don't think we covered all of the words, though, that you said. Passionate, driven, smart, nice, and humorous. Okay, <laughs> so then, we... yep. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would agree with all of those words to describe you for sure. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're like a little bubble of joy, honestly. Every time I talk with you, I sit here, I go, I feel good about myself. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. yeah, truly, yeah. I do. Yeah, you're a really good listener. I would say that. Um, I also think that you're really supportive and you push us all forward. In awesome. a, yeah, in a, <laughs> in a way that's very helpful for us. You know, it's all for us differently, honestly. Well, you make it so easy to be supportive. And oh, you make it easy. Well, thank you. <laughs> so We're in each other's that. fan club for yeah, sure exactly. then. Okay. <laughs> um, so those degrees, how did you, I noticed that on your LinkedIn profile that you started as an intern with Florida High Tech Corridor. So how did you go from college to where you are now, where you run a whole program for the whole state? That's amazing. Yeah, so this is a kind of a fun adventure. Um, so I started as an intern and initially I thought I wanted to be in digital media and I was thinking um, amusement parks because we live in Florida, that's huge. So I was very focused on getting into amusement parks and then all of a sudden I got um, talked to by my mom who made this connection with the Florida High Tech Corridor and this new program that they were gonna be creating with these virtual connections and they needed somebody in digital media. And she said, you have to apply. So I went and applied and it ended up being one of my professors was also the, you know, the person who was doing the hiring for it. And um, I loved her class. And so it was a very easy, natural fit. Um, and then I met the rest of the team. And once they brought me on, I was an intern for their first year where we were very much testing out what we were doing, going through all the, what makes a teacher want to do this? What makes an expert want to speak mm -hmm. to all those different things. Um, and then I left for a year and that's when I went and taught middle school technology after I graduated. So what is teaching middle school technology? I taught middle school also, but English. So what is teaching technology and yeah. And what school was that? Yeah. So I taught at Southwest middle school in Palm Bay. Um, that's Brevard County. And so I taught two parts. So there was the career exploration, um, which was a lot of fun. Um, I don't think many educators out there always agree with the career exploration is really fun because it's kind of like pulling teeth from middle schoolers. They, mm. they have no idea. Um, but that's the exciting part is let's talk about it. Um, and I also came from STEM Connect. So there's a little bit of tie there for me. Um, but technology specifically, then I got to, I mean, we were building race cars, um, like CO2 cars and solar cars. And really it's trying to introduce them to all the different areas of technology, um, whether it's communication tech, manufacturing tech, all those different things. Um, and I loved it. And my students were competitive. Um, I was I'm, I was big in the Technology Student Association. I still volunteer with them a lot. Um, and so my students got to compete in that. And that was a lot of fun. So that's kind of middle school technology is, is playing. So building bridges. technology <laughs> is a really big word, right? I mean, it's a long word for sure, but it encompasses a lot. Um, so that's why I was going, well, what does, does that mean that they're fixing computers? Does it mean that they're learning how to program? Is it something that's not even on that spectrum? It could be something just totally different. Like maybe it's doing a podcast. I don't know. Yeah. So it can be a lot of different things, especially in middle school, because you're just trying to introduce them. So um, some of my classes, we were building video games. And then in other one of my classes, we were building planes. So it was kind of um, you're always learning because planes like in computers. So there was computer simulated planes that okay. they could build. And then we would do like balsa planes and actually go into the gym and fly them. Oh man, yeah. your Super class fun. sounds so much fun. Oh my God. I would be doing something with like jumping rope. Let's see how many times somebody can jump rope. Right. And how much energy is being consumed when you're doing that? Like that sounds perfect. That would be perfect, right? <laughs> because it's giving them fix, uh, physical exercise and it's also tying to something that's measurable. And that was just like off the top of my head. But you said gym and that's why I thought that. Yeah. No, yeah. most of the time we were testing things like we would build catapults and things like that. So a lot of times we're using big open space as needed for testing catapults and planes. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. That sounds like something that the first, and I don't know what that acronym totally stands for, but it's the robotics 
competition. Were you part of that? No. So my students did Vex Robotics. They're a little bit smaller. Um, it's a little bit more affordable for mm -hmm. some schools and um, it's a lot easier to do. It still comes with a full thing, but also TSA has a competition. The nice thing about any robotics curriculum though, is it's just a great opportunity for students to get, you know, hands-on experience with coding, building, working mm -hmm. in a team. I mean, any robotics, there's Lego League, for First, Vex. I mean, they're all pretty great. We're mm. checking out all of them. <laughs> so much fun. So did you get to go on field trips too? Because you said Legos and I'm thinking, oh boy, does that mean we go to Legoland and we actually get to go play over there? Did yeah. you do field trips? We didn't do any field trips besides competition, but I mean, competition's a big one. It's a four day event and that mm. was that's a lot of money you got to raise to get there. So <laughs> it is. But what was even more, I, I would think that your classes, which they should have always been at capacity. Everybody would want that. Who want, who yeah. doesn't want to go play with Legos? I mean, they're yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, I didn't, no trouble in filling up classrooms in a tech classroom, in my opinion. I think, and from my experience, both of my parents, just to give you an idea, my dad teaches robotics now. And my mom teaches engineering. My brother is now a military tech teacher. So I'm telling you the family business is education. Yeah. So, and they all can tell you crazy stories, but definitely never a dull moment. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. So you, when you graduated with this degree and what was it? Digital what now? So it was visual arts, emerging media management. Yeah. Was, that's a long title. Yeah. Break that down for us. So basically it was in the digital media um, group of things. So you got to take art classes and digital media classes. So like website design, um, but then you also took business classes on top of that. So um, I focused a lot on like, you know, how um, writing a business plan for like a creative business. What All for middle like? schoolers? No, this was, oh, I didn't do that with my middle schoolers. That okay. was my undergrad program. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is super. Uh, okay. You had the best degree I think ever that, well, major that you could gone for because it's got to be the most fun. It must be hard to fund that in the public school. It is. And it is <laughs> in public schools right now. I feel like all funding is difficult mm -hmm. and anything tech related, you know, we want to put te more tech in school. We want to put more STEM in school, but it all costs money. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's the big deal right there. Mm -hmm. STEM. What does that acronym mean for our listeners? Yes. Yeah, science, technology, engineering, and math. And they go together. Mm, they sure do. Together. Yes. Yeah, they do. Now I was an English major and I think that most females tend to go to majors that are uh, more in literature and things that are in education, reading, probably the arts also. I think that there's been, I'm hoping that there's been more of a shift to move into things like engineering, like programming, like um, math, because my dad was, uh, he taught for, I think it was three months when I was, I, I was a baby and he um, said, well, I'm going to go get a second job. And he thought teaching would be easy. He didn't even last three months. He said, no, they're animals. <laughs> they could not right. relate to middle school students and high school students at all. He had no patience, but he was really, really young too in that area. Anyway, when he tried to teach me math, it was not going well because he was an engineer. He, he was a mechanical engineer and he was really, really good at math. And I venture to say that my dad is probably Mensa brilliant. I mean, you know, he's got that IQ up there. So trying to learn math from somebody that's really, really good was a little intimidating. I don't know how many women or young, young women are actually going into STEM careers. Do you have any idea? Because your STEM program, which you still haven't been able to talk about yet, is all about getting high schoolers involved in that. Yeah, so I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. I do sense it's growing <clears throat> and it's getting better, but it's very slow. And I think the biggest thing is there's a lot more representation now and there's going to continue to be more. Um, I like to think that we'll reach this point where representation will matter. There just will be women there. <laughs> like yeah. It will be their space. Um, but right now it's still important. Um, I think the biggest thing is, you know, kind of what you were saying is sometimes engineers go into classrooms and they teach and it can be helpful. Mm -hmm. um, 
it also they're not a teacher they're that you do go to school to be a teacher and you do have to learn things to be a teacher Mm -hmm. it's not you can't just walk in and do it so I think one of the biggest things is people think if you just tell students simply be an engineer they'll want to be an engineer but it's got to be a little more convincing to that you know what's in it for them what makes that job cool what makes it great and even um so my I had students who went to like a girls in engineering day at Harris and you know I don't it wasn't Harris I don't know where it was I shouldn't probably put a company that's there. okay <laughs> I'll restart that real it quick. was it was a company that was in technology yeah. yeah it was some you know corporation brought a bunch of girls out to do you know a stem day for girls and basically you know sometimes they walked went through this whole day and all of them came back and they were like I have and these were my own tech students they were in a technology class they are the ones who should be getting interested into this and still they were just like no it doesn't seem like it's for me and it's like well (laughs) what happened between leaving here excited for STEM and coming back to where you didn't want to go into engineering and you know they were only middle school so there was still time to get them to change that view but you kind of always wonder you know sometimes they put on these big events but they just like show everything in pink and think that means girls are going to want to be there but if you don't show them what's actually cool about the job yeah are they going to want to be there (laughs) well and i think there could be this disconnect between okay at school you're learning about technology and you're flying planes and you're getting to see legos and stuff like that and you don't do that in the workplace where wherever it is that we might be however there's still why does that work matter and i think that's the the thing that probably needs to be focused on so that they can see the vision of what they're doing kind of like that movie hidden numbers you know where there was all of these these women and they were black women that went into work at nasa hidden figures thank you yeah 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 hidden figures and they went in and they're doing all of this incredible math to help make rockets go to the moon and just travel and be able to be in outer space but no 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 we you know we don't want you in this one room well everything shifts when they know that there's this one woman that is so expert with these numbers she was solving problems that the men couldn't do and this was i guess back in the 50s and the 60s i think that those are the stories that girls need to hear to be able to see that well you could be the one that's solving that problem or you can be the one that helps get somebody to mars whatever right you know because it not everything is we get to play with toys right well and i think the big thing is no showing students the elements so when they design the planes and they learn that they like drafting well there are jobs in drafting Mm -hmm. and just making those simple connections i think that helps every student oh i agree that would change our stem outlook a lot i think Mm -hmm. yeah you should be you know really running some i guess workshops for instructors. I mean, on Wednesdays, when I was teaching, we would always have to go to, you know, some type of a, you know, workshop to go and get our CEUs, continuing education. So I can't even remember what it was called now, but there's a name for it. Uh, Anyway, I could see you running that to actually help. One of the most impactful ones that I went to was how to incorporate economics into the classroom. Okay. It was a great one. That sounds great. Yeah, I was, I got play money. I've talked about it on a couple of other shows, but man, those kids were incentivized because there was play money and it was tied to, okay, you got to find me making a mistake. If you find me making a mistake, if I'm writing on the board or whatever, you get a dollar. All of this was at the end of the day. Well, at the end of every week, they could turn it in for real prizes, either out of the treasure box or they were able to get a pass to go to uh, be the first in the lunch line, first at the, you know, the bus at the end of the day, or just walk around the halls. And I was teaching, you know, at risk. So they were, they were a tough group. Anyway, what was super funny is at the end of a semester, the play money got street value and they were buying it. <laughs> so they were, hey, I'll give you $2 for, you know, 200 yeah. of her bucks. <laughs> Because they they knew that they could do some stuff with it, but they could see it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So making sure that people can see the dots and connect them easily, easily, that's super, super important. So now you're in this role of STEM Connect over here. You're the program manager. What is that program like at Florida High Tech Corridor? 
Oh, and I don't think I asked you the mission of Florida High Tech Corridor. Yes, our goal is to attract, retain, and grow the high-tech industry here in Florida, and that includes the workforce to go with it, mm -hmm. which is the STEM Connect portion, is technically workforce development, mm -hmm. um, but we do that by targeting K-12 schools um, or students, and really the goal is to inspire them to pursue STEM careers because, um, you know, all of these high-tech jobs are not just tech when we say that they are STEM. There are mathematicians who work there. Mm -hmm. There are also scientists um, and engineering is a huge one. Um, but so what we do is we do these virtual connections between um, experts in the STEM careers and classrooms. So teachers submit us requests. Um, so for example, a high school physics class can ask for a speaker and anything related to physics and we'll get them a rocket scientist who can talk directly about how they use those physics concepts in their job every single day. The nice thing is when your students ask, why do I need to learn this? We're trying to provide those answers. These oh, are the real So goals. important, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to the Future of Education Technology Conference? It's next week. No, I've always wanted to go and I think I'm gonna have to put that on my bucket list for next year. Oh man. Maybe I can take you in with me. I'm serious. I'm going next week and I'm going to be doing interviews on the floor with a lot of the speakers. I could use somebody going along with me to help record. I would help. Okay. <laughs> Let me see if I can get you a media pass and then you can go with me. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be great because yeah. then, you no, know, I've been very curious about what they have there. It's K through 12. Yeah, it's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It looks super good. And it starts Tuesday through Friday, half day on Friday, but it's Tuesday nine to four 30. I think it's where the last day is, okay. but let me see what I can do. And then we could actually shout that out with Florida high tech corridor, everything that you've, and it would give you a whole new list of uh, people to get involved with. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and STEM connect itself is kind of looking at what's next and yeah. One way to do that is to see what everybody else is already doing. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're going to partner up for that one. I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but I'm going to ask, and I'm pretty sure they'll say yes. So, okay. yeah. awesome. so well, I'm putting words in, my, in you know, somebody else's mouth, but I'm, I'm going to help. So keep fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we will. Anyway, people, women that are moving up in the ranks. So what do you see currently in the in the presentations that you guys do. Well, let me back that up. So what does your program do? How does it connect st students to people in technology? Let's just talk about the program. Yeah, so it's like a Zoom event, basically. It's a webinar. Um, we find a teacher who has a need and then we find an expert that matches them. Um, we have a database of both teachers and experts. Um, they're speakers from all across the region um, and they might work in a STEM career. They might support a STEM career. So that includes um, so, for example, every STEM business needs a marketer. Mm -hmm. um, we also will, you know, talk to them and focus on how they market a STEM business, because at the end of the day, that helps the high tech industry. Mm -hmm. um, and you do have to have a knowledge of STEM if you want to work at all in a STEM business. So we talk a lot with a lot of different people. And really what the goal is, is based off what the teacher requests. So sometimes teachers ask for extreme you know, like extremely specific talking points. Mm -hmm. Other times it's a little bit more broad. They just want an introduction to nursing careers or they want to know about possible internships. So when we have those things, we find experts and connect them. Mm -hmm. I know I've spoken before about topics like entrepreneurship or you know what they need to have on a resume or even what to expect from an internship. I have always enjoyed it. And one of the things I remember when I was first signing up to volunteer, it the what was it the email had said so you will be talking to students all over the whole state of florida and i went wait what <laughs> what's going on and so how do you distribute all of these speakers yeah so we technically serve three school districts within florida right now um and so how it kind of works is it's based off topic really um however we do target specific areas um, so for example, we have a lot of agriculture speakers and agriculture's, um, very big in tech right now. And there's a lot that they're doing. That's very interesting, especially with hydroponics, these, right? Yeah. And drones. And it's crazy. The stuff that <laughs> is involving in agriculture. So we have a good partnership, for example, with UF IFAS, 
um, and some of their extension agents will do special talks on maybe what's next in farming, or they'll talk about specifics, you know, how to get a garden going. Um, so it can vary. Um, our goal is to always be specific for the age range. Um, you can't talk about the same topic to a kindergartner that you can to a senior in high school. Mm -hmm. So we are always trying to make sure that it's, you know, we kind of know our speakers. And I think that's a good thing because we're able to really know if they're able to talk to a certain crowd mm -hmm. and what they're able to really talk about. I had uh, a guest on my show. He's from Cornell University and Cornell is an agriculture school also and our podcast plays at Cornell University and WVBR FM in New York. What is very interesting now that show we did it as video but for anybody that's listening to it, you really have to go watch him. He was super, super interesting. His name is Professor Michael Timmons, T-I-M-M-O-N-S. I would venture to say you should have him as a speaker because it's kind of like watching Bill Nye, the science guy. Uh, he was, he's going, <laughs> see this speaker? He's holding it up right in front of the camera and says, you know what's in here? And he's he made it so incredibly entertaining. He I understand he is one of the most popular professors <laughs> at <awesome>. Cornell <laughs> because I, I was just in stitches the whole time that we interviewed. That was in season three. And I could not stop laughing. I said, you should really do stand-up comedy because like you're, you're teaching me all about farming and agriculture and hydroponics. And that was what he was specializing in. But my goodness, like it was just, it was a show. That's it was awesome. truly a show. So if you have some of those professors, I would imagine it's it's pretty, it's pretty fun when you have them on there. Yeah, we have some speakers who are very dynamic, but a lot of our sessions are more question and answer based so they don't always get the most yeah showy but we are trying to come up with more ways to be more innovative in our presentations yeah to people <laughs> so I'm playing with that and I'm trying to make things more interactive and maybe that's something that I can do with y'all just throw it out there as doing vision boarding and making it so that it is interactive. So there's a list of supplies that people would have to have prior to, and then, you know, walking them through what is a vision board and how, the, how do they see that playing into either their bucket list, like for you or their future, whether it's, you know, education, their goals in life, you know, family, short-term, long-term, it's a whole lot that goes on there, but it can be that visual roadmap that right. you want to get to. Absolutely. That'd yeah, be cool. that would be fun. So I'm testing all of these out as interactive workshops. I'm recording them and putting them in our E4C Academy. And I'll let you know, but happy to test it out on your <laughs> students, because that would be a totally different group also right. to try it out and see. And it would be even more interesting to do it in a class that they wouldn't see that coming. Like nobody ever seems to like English, you know? <laughs> but that would be a, a perfect place to, to plug in because they could see vision boarding working very well with, I would think, technology, potentially with art for sure. And then we also have Steam. We didn't even talk about Steam. Yeah. Well, yeah. you could also expand to stream. I don't even know what his stream is. What is stream? Adding reading. Oh my goodness. There you are. English is back in vogue. Yep. I mean, I, I mean, I just feel like every time we get crazy with these acronyms, it just goes to show the importance of a well-rounded education. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's important. <laughs> yeah. And just so our listeners know, STEAM includes arts. Yeah. So it's still the same acronym as STEM. We're just adding some extra stuff. Art yeah. in it. And then stream adds arts and now it also has reading yep so having it you're right a balanced educational approach is so important <laughs> so okay best speaker that you ever had that is truly memorable for you so my favorite speaker is one of our first speakers um, and his name's dr weeping you he is a rocket scientist from nasa um, he's one of those very dynamic speakers. He always has new experiments that students can do at home. And, you know, he gets the students really engaged with guessing what's going to happen next. Um, and he added me on LinkedIn and became my friend. And so he's one of my favorites. <laughs> now I want to know him. I want to be connected. So yeah. 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 He's, he's really cool. And he's just very dynamic. And I don't know how you don't watch his 
stuff and go away. I need to learn physics. <laughs> it's super, it is super cool. I think that was something that was um, an unpredicted outcome of having the big bang theory is it made being a, a science or being in the science field, all of a sudden it became really cool. Yeah. It was cool before cool to be a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was okay. So he, again, also sounds kind of like a Bill Nye, the science guy. Yeah. He's very fun. And he can talk the whole, you know, to the whole gamut of students. I mean, he can make it. So elementary students are right there with him, which is really fun because we've had classrooms that will literally cheer for him. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really fun. And then high school students, I mean, he's so knowledgeable that it, you just almost want to try to find a curveball for him and you can't. He yeah. knows everything. <laughs> so what's his name again? And spell it. Dr. Weeping You. Hmm. Very nice. And what school is he from? No, he's at NASA. He's at NASA. Okay. Wow. Rocket okay. scientist, literally. <laughs> literally rocket scientists. Okay. Um, favorite quote that you like to live by? I know we talked about this before we got on here, and this one was kind of throwing you for a curveball a little bit, but it doesn't have to be some type of a super inspirational thing. It's yeah. So I have a Rosie the Riveter poster that I've had <coughs> since middle school, and it says, We can do it. That's probably my what I go by. Yeah. And <laughs> the key word in there, every single one of those words is very, very impactful because it's using the word we which is totally about inclusion. That's everybody. Right. And there's no, we can try, we're going to do it. So we're going back to Nike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, if we can't do it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's better when it's we. Yeah, we I lot, do. Get a lot further. I do agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if all of our listeners know who Rosie the Riveter is. We might need to do a just little time check. Yeah. So she was um, from World <clears throat> War II. And um, basically, when they needed women to like, start taking some of the jobs that men had traditionally had um, here in the States, like including in our factories and helping with other, um, I think, like the women Air Force Service pilots, things like that. Um, basically, she was like, the poster child, literally. Well, yeah. not child. It's a poster real woman, woman. too, yeah. right? I, I believe I remember reading that. I don't know much about the history of that particular character or, or figure in history, but I really believe that's based on a real woman. I think so. And I know they have there was a bunch of them. There was a lot of different posters and women who were, you know, they used as targeted ads basically. <laughs> I'm Googling it right now just to yeah, see like really what it up. is. So I will tell you in just a minute, Rosie, the, oh, there it is. It pops up. Yeah. A real person. And because I sit here and I talk about some of these things on the show, and then I don't go back and update it. So anybody listening to our show, please feel free to go ahead and correct us on our show or tell us, Hey, this is the real story about this person. So it says the true identity of Rosie the Riveter has been the subject of considerable debate. For years, the inspiration for this woman in the Westinghouse poster, didn't know that, was believed to be Geraldine Hoff Doyle of Michigan, who worked in a Navy machine shop during World War II. Um, so, you know, they don't apparently have the whole thing, but it's 1924. She died in 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's not a good year. No, <laughs> but I don't know how long that is, but seven, you know, 30, 44, 54, 64, 74, 84, 94. She was 80 something years old, pretty okay. close to 90. Yeah. Or right around there. Wish my math was better, but nonetheless, <laughs> and it will be. That's not my thing. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It's all good. <laughs> So the um, thing about Rosie is, again, a figure from the, honestly, World War II, and that was something that we didn't see a lot where women were involved in any type of a setting like that. And women were going into the workplace and they were working in the manufacturing plants because the men were at war. Yeah. Yeah. If you want something really interesting from World War II, the women Air Force service pilots really are an interesting to look into. And they were, they basically helped with like refueling and things like that. They weren't all the way overseas, but they were pretty integral of helping us do that. It's always good to go back and look at history and see, you know, how 
times have changed and realize that what may look like it took a long time, it really wasn't. And it's all moving at the pace of technology. Right. Yeah. Most influential person or persons in your life and why? Yeah. So it's definitely my parents. Um, you know, they're, they're always in my ear. No, they're, they're aren't they always? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have to live with them for them to not be in your head. They're always in your head. But they've, I mean, they were both educators and um, they're just very hardworking, very great people. And I just I've always gone to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's good to have, you know, my mother has passed away and I can tell you, I, I really, it was not always the best relationship, but it wasn't absolutely the worst relationship either. It was just that we were very strong women, both of us. Yeah. So we would butt heads some sometimes. Anyway, I miss my mom so much now. I just sit here, I go, gosh, I wish I, I could still go and argue with her about this or just yeah. ask her about this. And I wish I could do this over. Like there's so many things that I just miss about my mom. I usually talk with my da dad about once a week and I say, and I ask him, I said, so dad, I want you to go and tell me the stories of like growing up. And so he does this every week with me. He said, do you remember when we went and did this and this and this? And I said, I do not. <laughs> and he said, I go back. He tells me, I go back and I wonder like, why is it she doesn't remember her childhood? Was it like that bad? I said, no, but you know, there was just a lot going on and, right. and maybe it's that the stories weren't told to me as much. So that's why I have him tell it to me. My other brother, um, he does remember them and he, but he spent more time with my dad. So, okay. you know, it just makes more sense that he knows those things anyway. Okay. What are you most proud of? At this point, I think I'm most proud of my career so far. Um, I've done, I've been able to be a part of a really great team with STEM Connect and the Florida High Tech Corridor. And I think we've come a far way and I think we have a long way to go still, mm -hmm. but I think we've been able to do some really cool stuff and I hope we're making any impact, any, any inspiration to st a student who's interested in going into STEM, I think is helpful. I think if, um, I had had a STEM Connect program and heard a couple of our speakers, I might have actually stayed with the engineering. <laughs> so yeah. I think it can be powerful. Mm -hmm. I think the hardest part is making sure you're reaching students, the right students with the right message. That's really hard. To you know out. what? I have an idea for you. I don't know if you guys are doing this or not, but I feel like you should have a, a campaign that runs the year and have students nominate other students that really reflect tech. And so then there can be this student of the week, if you will, and you do a little interview of those students and you put them out there just to show what they're capable of. So I'm gonna throw that one out there and there would be, could end up being student of the day, honestly, if it catches on with all of these schools right. across. So you'd have to create that as a, a, as a campaign, really push that out there so that the the teachers are sharing it with the students and to create more engagement. Um, you could also share one of the things that Simfluence does for us is it tells us every two weeks, here's all of the things that are happening in your, in your city, in your region, in your state, and outside of the United States. And there's all of these competitions that students can do. And even with my own podcast, I did that because I sat there and I went, well, I want to create more engagement. So I had my highlights of 2021 and any of our guests that had more than 40 downloads, they went on there and I um, tagged everybody in my, my um, social media post and said, okay, we're going to have a competition. Whoever has the most downloads by the end of the year gets to have bragging rights. I gave them a certificate, <laughs> a badge, really a certificate with a badge. And then they came back as a guest on the show again to talk a deeper dive. I, I'm not kidding. It just blew up. Like yeah. we went over so many <laughs> downloads. Marketing. Yeah. <laughs> it, it worked really well. So I'm sitting here going, okay. So I wanted to to really leverage that. And so we've had, you know, three of the top shows, there was announcements about it. So make it a competition so that the kids are nominating each other. Yeah, it can absolutely. be, you know, schools, I mean, they're teachers also, but 
fun stuff. Yeah, no. Well, and as STEM kind of continues to change, we are hoping to start getting into more audience generated, which is really student generated content. Mm -hmm. And what, you know, what do they want to hear? Yeah. <laughs> it's great to know what student or teachers want to teach, but we also need to hear what students want to learn. <laughs> yep. And you could even ask the students, because I've seen these kind of things on Facebook, where the students are nominating their teachers that have inspired them yeah. so that it goes both ways, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. We've given, we've given words before, primarily for involvement, like mm -hmm. how much a teacher or a school was involved. So that would be really cool to take it up a notch and mm -hmm. give teachers credit. Mm -hmm. for all the work and you. you could even start your own awards around STEM, like, you know, create a contest where you say, okay, so we've got this problem. We want to see which of the schools, the students at which schools like this problem. And maybe it's to solve um plastic bags in the environment something that's right. realistic that they can really have a big impact how would you reduce plastic bags in the use of your community what's the campaign you would do i know here in orlando we worked on eliminating straws and plastic bags in the downtown orlando area thank you chris castro giving him a little shout out there and he has uh, a lot of impact and environment. Students are very passionate about environment, so mm -hmm. they could care about that quite a bit. Definitely hits all of the STEM, you know, science, technology. Yeah, we could even do a little video series with some of our experts who could talk about some ideas and help them brainstorm and the research behind why things are important. Mm -hmm. That'd be fun. Mm -hmm. And there's been some really cool videos I've seen of other people of how they've cleaned up the ocean with all of the plastics that are in there. Yeah. You know, what would the students do to eliminate plastics? And there's even another company, Grove. I don't know if you've heard oh, okay. of it. I haven't heard of them. Grove. They're going to say poor ocean. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. Well, I think I know that one too. Um, anyway, the Grove is a company that wants to reduce the use of plastics by, I think it's 2024. And so they're eliminating everything so that you're using, you know, a glass reusable container and they're sending you packaging that is biodegradable. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know who Grove is. Yeah. Yeah. It took a minute. <laughs> yeah. I figured. Yeah. yeah. I think that you're into those trendy things too. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't think it's trendy. I think it's vital. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> like we really need really to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Like we need clean water. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> We're not drinking Coke because you got to have water to make, you know, Pepsi right. or Coke or whatever you're drinking. Anyway. Um, clean water. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, how do you like to communicate with others in person, video chat, phone, text, social channels? What do you do? Email? Yeah. I so um, weirdest answer after all of um, COVID, I like video calls. Okay. <laughs> um, but I've been in the video world since 2013. So long before COVID. Um, I think the greatest thing about video calls is you get you know, the body language and the facial reactions that you get with an in-person meeting, um, but you do get to wear pajama pants and have your own coffee come home. <laughs> so it's kind of the Or your dog world. at your feet, right? Yes, my sweet little Rory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you have that cute little puppy there. All right. Well, we're going to take just a minute to recognize our sponsor. I'm going to hope that this actually plays. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios. Okay, fun fact, that was done by Ian Castro. He was one of my interns, I want to say three years ago. It is timeless. I love it. And every time I play it, I think of you, Ian. So this is a shout out for you. That's awesome. He was, uh, <laughs> he does stand up comedy also. I'm just going to make sure people know that. Uh, here in Orlando? Uh, yeah, he does. I so look him up, Ian out. Castro, <laughs> I-A-N. Yeah. All right. So we're back to our show. We're going to be looking at the future of jobs in the industries in 2030. Thoughts about COVID. So you were doing all of this online. COVID hits, <laughs> what happens for you? We go bonkers. I mean, 50,000 students, I think we did in about two months. Holy cow. Yeah, it was crazy. Part of that was we had a really great partnership with the Boy Scouts where we offered STEM merit badges still while students were at home, but online. Um, they weren't our traditional STEM connect kind of situation. They were a little bit different, but still we impacted a lot of students. I mean, around 
the nation. I think we had some overseas. It was crazy. We had, we went absolutely like four sessions a day, every day, Wow, back to back. Yeah, it was kind of crazy, um, but it was really great. A lot of the students really loved it. They got to finish merit badges, which for Boy Scouts is like essential to making it to Eagle Scout. I don't know that much about Boy Scouts. I do. (laughs) Okay. But I do understand that much that the merit badges are important. (laughs) They are. Yeah. And not many people go all the way to Eagle Scout. So the thing that's so cool about an Eagle Scout is they're a teenager and they're still doing it. That's super cool. Secondly, they have to come up with a project. So it's essentially they're learning how to um, fundraise. And I mean, just whether you consider it investor raise or nonprofit, but they have to pick a project, something they want to improve in their community, uh, be able to put together a team, be able to put together a budget, raise the money, and then go build whatever it is that's needed. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) What's really good is I've seen a move of scouting getting away from boy and girl scouting separately. They've actually just kind of joined it together. It's just scouting as, as a group and males and females together, and you're earning the same kind of badges. Well, Girl Scouts still, I think, is only girls still. It is. I was a Girl Scout. I don't know about you. No, I was not. But Girl Scouts now is really cool. It is cool. I will say, we've met with them a couple of times. They're not an official partner or anything, but love to support them. They're, um, So they have a lot of STEM badges, and they do a lot of STEM opportunities for girls, especially the council here in Orlando. Um, And they also, they do have, it's not an Eagle Scout, but they have a project that Mm -hmm. I didn't realize this about the Girl Scouts. It was huge and similar Mm -hmm. size of a, you know, a thing to do. And yes, they do it all themselves. And they, yeah, I think that's impressive. It it really (laughs) teaches a, somebody that's usually they're like either a sophomore, junior, you know, maybe a senior, um, they have to do it before they're 18. That's for sure. Anyway, when they com- identify a project, a need in the community, and they built a whole mini business plan around it, they're really able to provide something that's very powerful because it's entrepreneurial. They're definitely using all of the STEM skills that are out there. And I think it speaks volumes on a resume. I know that it's, it's almost as important as being a veteran. Almost. And, you know, if you see a veteran, uh, somebody says they're a veteran on a resume, immediately people go, thank you for your service. We know that you can lead, that you can also follow, and I want you to be a part of my company. It's that important when employers see Eagle Scout. Yeah. Yeah. It's impressive. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Because it's usually most, you know, kids in high school are going, no, that's not cool. Yeah. But, well, and now there's so many great things for students to be out and involved with, like between the first robotics and mm-hmm. skills USA. I mean, there's so many things mm-hmm. that they can be heavily competitive in. I mean, I don't know. I'm impressed all the time by students who are out there doing cool things. <laughs> they are. Yeah. They're changing the world for sure. Uh, remote blended on-site and flexible work. Well, you were doing that anyway. So I don't know, has work changed for you that much since you've been? Yeah, I used to, we used to go in twice a week and I was really good about going in twice a week. Yeah. (laughs) And I liked it, Yeah, (laughs) but I, I'm very happy to be pretty much remote all the time. Um, we go in occasionally when we need to go in, um, we have a lot of equipment. So like, it's kind of, where we keep everything, but no, I don't think, I think the future of work for everybody's remote. So <laughs> there would be I would take flexibles. Yeah. Flexible the is the key trend for sure. Yeah. That is the key trend that everybody's talking about right now, this quarter, um, flexibility to have that balance, but there's also a lot of discussion around, okay, well, you have this flexibility. So in the office, you typically would come in and be like, 8.30 to 5. So now that work schedule has to adapt somewhat because we all know you're not working 8.30 to 5 because yeah. you're at home. You're doing laundry, you're fixing dinner, you're going out to do whatever, walk your dog or go to the store, right? I mean, people do that stuff. Right. Well, with STEM Connect, I mean, our schedules have always been a little weird because we work with both the business world and the school world and schools can start as early as 7 a.m. So 
So you start super early. Yeah. If you have sessions that start at 7 a.m., you start at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would say, you know, and in the summers, we run a ton of sessions. So there's some weeks where we run 10 hour days, you know, Monday through Thursday, but guess what? Friday's free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it kind of depends. Our, you know, we stick to 40 hours a week, but it's a documented 40 hours a week. So it's not a ton of micromanaging, which is nice. Um, I would think that your your world that you guys work in is also very focused on the outcomes because you're having to produce X amount of right. workshops with yeah. students. Absolutely. And I'm, we're impact driven. So, you know, it, when you have like right now, we're slowing down and we can point to a lot of things and say that's the mm-hmm. reason. <laughs> but either way, our outcomes aren't there. So when that happens, what you want to start doing is how can I make up for this? So mm-hmm. maybe that's looking for engaging new partners. Maybe that's finding experts in areas where we haven't had people, but it's, it's fun. It is. So I had gone and looked at what are the statistics in STEM um, as we're moving into 2030. And obviously we're supposed to see a bigger increase. One of the things that was very interesting, let me pull this one up, is, well, first off, I'll go to this one first. The U.S. placed 30th out of 64 countries in math and 11th in science. And that was a little bit concerning for me because, you know, when we talk about our country, we always want to be first, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I only see this as a way that, well, we can only go up. The world is becoming a smaller place and, or it seems that way, whereas we're seeing a lot more diversity in the schools and making sure that students are all being included. So I feel like there's this place of um, some, some cultures having a stronger influence on what that STEM will look like in the United States that new immigrants that come over here and kind of making us bring our better game. I kind of like that. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. I've seen, you know, more Asians and more, um, you know, Hispanics and, and certainly, you know, people from all over the world coming into the United States. And they're not defined by, you know, what, how we may see them. They're defined by what their goals are, and they're highly driven people. So I find them super inspiring to go, oh, uh, you already come in knowing three languages, and I still only know English. So I think that the trend that we're going to see is that there will be a more demand for learning multiple languages, at least having two, not yeah. just one. And being able to have these conversations with people where, no, they're not seen as a new immigrant or a new U.S. citizen, they're like, no, we're, we're all intelligent people here. Yeah. And we have different ways that we display what our gifts are that we have to bring to the table. No matter, you know, in, in education, people are tracked by their um, abilities, you know, and I would have students that would be in what was considered basic, standard, honors, and then gifted. And the gifted is measured by IQ. The others are based on sometimes, sad to say, socioeconomic or, you know, their, their skills and their abilities that they valued. So wouldn't it be really great? And I'll go back to, I don't know, you know, the old times where we had like one classroom and everybody was, you know, inspiring each other. I I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm just throwing a lot of ideas (laughs) out there. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things right now is with science and math scores and stuff is, I mean, I hate, I hate to bring this back up. Yeah, but it's, but public it's, funding it's important schools. And, you know, when we take away resources, when we take away, you know, sure, it's one or two bio labs that this teacher can't do. But those are the things that engage the students to want to learn mm-hmm. the textbook part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to have both the fun and the book part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think a lot of times, you know, we lose sight of what really education should be right now. Right. And I think, I think we're kind of in a weird, okay, this is kind of a side tangent. I think we're at a weird point right now in um, Florida schools specifically and how we want to go about things in the future. But I think what would be nice is just to see you know, we need to start trusting teachers again is honestly what it is. I mean, we need to listen to them and 
actually value them. Mm -hmm. And I think right now we're seeing, you know, the extremes of what happens when we don't do that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have two ways to move forward. We can either continue the same path and maybe our STEM scores will maintain Mm -hmm. (laughs) or we can, you know, do something about it. And I just, you know, what you do about it will be interesting to see what happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that there's also this place where, you know, they were cutting budgets in music and in, in um, PE and, and things that truly are important because I can use science in math. I mean, in music to be able to show how it increases plants to grow, you know, that makes plants thrive. Whereas I can see the decibels and measure all of that. I mean, there's so much crossover between STEM and what people might consider liberal arts. Right. Well, and I mean, we get so caught up in students need to understand the STEM concepts. And now like we think for some reason, these students in middle school need to know robots. Well, if they haven't learned how to type, they can't do robots yet. You know what I mean? There, there are stepping stones in STEM. And I think we overlook that a lot. Like, you know, the importance of digital literacy is extremely high. Every student should have some kind of digital literacy, but they don't all need to be learning how to code if they're not mm-hmm. interested in it. And, you know, I, so I grew up in Florida um, in Kissimmee and I had a typing class when I was in elementary school. So by the time I was in or in elementary, so by the time I was in middle school, I was learning how to code, but it, they were building blocks that made sense. I was already good at typing. I knew how to save a document. I knew very basics. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you as a middle school teacher with students who did not know how to open a document, did not know how to properly type, you know, these are key things that we could be teaching earlier on. But once again, you got to fund the teacher in the classroom for, you know, in the classroom to teach that. Mm-hmm. So um, it'll be interesting to see if we do anything ever about that. I tell you, I should have led with all of these statistics because some of them are a little bit disheartening, but, you know, I see it as, okay, well, if this is where we are, we, we need to go up right. and how do we go up? But I know we're closing in on the end of our show here. So best mentoring advice that you want to share with our listeners. My best mentoring advice is right now with YouTube and even TikTok and as silly as it sounds is just research, go out and, you know, there's so many careers available still to this day. There are careers I learn about that I would have never thought were a thing. And if you find an industry that's interesting, but you don't like the job, start looking and watch the silly YouTube videos about a day in the life of a meteorologist. Mm -hmm. See if that looks interesting and you could picture yourself doing that. I mean, when you pick a career, we make it very, very boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not an exciting process, mm-hmm. but it can be a lot more fun. And um, when you start identifying, you know, if you're in biology and you like biology, what about biology do you like? Yes. When you start to identify those things, and no matter how early you identify them, those are things you can start to build off. And, you know, just in case you're never too late to get into STEM, I mean, I still think about going back and getting an engineering degree, but mm-hmm. for my, you know, a second bachelor's, cause why not? But yeah. aren't not you crazy. working on a master's? Yeah. That's why I'm not crazy. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, it just always comes up. You can't talk to that many engineers and not think, well, maybe I should do this. <laughs> I know. I thought about going back and, and taking programming classes and I went, no, I don't want to make that commitment, but I did go take programming classes just so I could be more conversational, right. not because I saw it as a career path, but because I wanted to have an intelligent conversation well, what I hope would be an intelligent conversation with developers. So they would go, oh, okay. So she does know what a use case is, right. or she does know what, you know, front and back end means. Like, well, and I think that's the great thing about education is even if you kind of take different things yeah. and different paths, you can, you know, those are all experiences. That's knowledge that you now have that you can take into the next thing. And I mean, I would have never thought my interest in education would collide and my interest in digital media and give me this opportunity to be in a program like STEM Connect, but you just follow passions and opportunities. And next thing you know, you're using everything you've ever learned. (laughs) Cool. Very nice. How can our listeners connect with you? Is it on LinkedIn? You don't have to share your email address, but if you want to, you can. Obviously it's Florida High Tech Corridor, but how can people find you? Yeah, so you can connect with me on LinkedIn. 
Um, and then if you want to connect with me on email, it's amanda.allen at floridahightech.com. Yeah, it is public record, probably. People yeah, can find you. It's very easy. You can go out to the STEM Connect page, which is actually flstemconnect.com. Um, we have some exciting announcements coming up, hopefully over the next semester. So if you want to give us a follow, yeah, <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a newsletter that people can subscribe to? So our newsletter right now is pretty dedicated to um, experts and teachers, but if you're interested in the newsletter, just shoot me an email and I'll get you on there. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, I want to be able to say thank you to Cat5 Studios. Thank you to our production team, our video interns, Chase McDowell, David Ullman, Efren Sueves, and Keisha Perez. Our music is by Sophie Lloyd, Charles Fleming, Elijah Sutton, Sound Effects, Eric Peterson, Miguel Sintra, Matt Miller, and Dave Francis. Visit employers, the number four change at www.e4c.tech to learn how you can create real diversity and inclusion culture while scaling your people for the future. Amanda, so much fun. Yeah, thank you. It was, this was awesome. <laughs> I agree also. Thank you.